1: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: I'm a feminist, and I think I've got to the point where my life is too busy and full to want to be a mother, but I'd love to be a dad. Oh, you just don't want to push it out? No, it's... Um, the, tradition, is it a, is it a, the traditional roles of mother-father, often the mother does more of the caretaking yeah, and the boring but, stuff. but you're a feminist. You'd have to
2: do 50% of the work, even if you were just a dad.
0: Oh, no, I, re- I do realise that. It's more a commentary. It's more a social commentary, that joke. Oh, sorry. It's more a commentary on the way... The way fathers sometimes get to parent. I see how I ruined your joke, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just didn't understand. No, no, it's <laughs> a good, it's, a, it's good to clarify that yeah. it is a joke.
2: <laughs> we've reached a point in this podcast where we've gotten so many emails and tweets from people doing their own I'm a feminist but, so I'll, I'll try and read some of these today. I'm a feminist, but the other day I received an unsolicited dick pic at a moment in time when it was actually quite useful. <laughs> And so I put it to use before I wrote to the guy to tell him that he should never do that again.
0: Do you want me to explain this joke? Yeah, I don't get it. Put it she to was, use? She was wanting to frame it? Oh, what? <laughs> to a dick pic? She was having a little bit of meat down. To a
2: photo of a dick pic? The only way I could see a dick pic being useful for wanking is if you like printed it out on rubber
0: (laughs) and and folded it together. What, you 3D printed a dick pic? Oh. Oh And I've finally seen it used for the 3D printer.
2: Okay, I get it now, sorry. I'll understand the next one.
0: I'm a feminist, but when I took my 15-year-old niece to Euro Disney last week, I asked someone to take a photo of us with some of the characters who wear suits and the person stayed seated and I said, hey, do you mind standing up? You don't want to give Minnie Mouse a double chin. (laughs) It was not Minnie Mouse I was worried about but she still looked offended through the suit. (laughs) And I felt ashamed that I had said it in front of a teenage girl and made her feel like it was important. But camera angles, guys. I mean... (laughs) Just basic maths will tell you, don't take it... Just stand up if someone says, take a picture of Wait, me. Wait, what basic maths? <laughs> basic... i never
2: a phys- math class, well like, right. <laughs> you know, the angles for not looking fat.
0: Why don't you move on and tell yours?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't think we were going to, like, fat shame Disney characters. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's, that's why I said I felt ashamed. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, this is another submitted one. I'm a feminist... But the other day, my male boss, that's... Do you need to say male? Called yes, me. you do. <laughs> it's a, it a social commentary. On, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> my male boss called me sweetie. And instead of correcting him, I took it as a sign he was in a good mood and used it as an opportunity to ask for an extra day off.
0: <laughs> I'm a feminist and... When I took my niece to the Louvre in Paris last week, and we were looking at the Venus de Milo, and a guy behind me actually pointed to the statue and said to his girlfriend, come on, she doesn't have abs, she's got rolls of fat, look at her. I turned around and said, are you actually fat-shaming the Venus de Milo? Why don't you slut-shame her as well? I mean, she's got her tits out. And I felt like that made up for the Minnie Mouse gate.
2: also a submitted one. I'm a feminist and was incredibly annoyed by the sexist, objectifying comments online about the Olympic women's beach volleyball team. But then I watched the men's gymnastics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board with that. Live from the Gilded Balloon at the Edinburgh Fringe. That's the guilty feminist, Sophie Hagan Deborah Francis tonight's special guest, Susan Allman, talking about not having kids. This is the Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. Today we are talking about not having kids. Yes. Um, so can we just get a mmm if you're a mother? Mmm. <laughs> mmm, if you're a father? Mm, if you're neither. <laughs> Somebody very pleased about that decision. Hashtag, I just dodged a bullet. She's just done the pregnancy test this morning, hasn't she? Yeah, she's like, fuck, I'm going to have to ring my mum. Not a parent!
2: But let's put it in perspective. Go, mm, if you have parents yeah
0: so we do appreciate them (laughs) yes yes absolutely parents are important uh, for all of us because none of us are here without them even if we don't know them somebody had to do something for us to be in the room and that and then somebody somebody had to parent us at least in some way in order for us to be at the fringe (laughs) i don't think you get to the fringe without any parenting do you And you certainly don't survive a fringe as a performer without uh, yeah, my parenting. I, I of any compli- sort.
2: I was complaining to my mom about like losing a lot of money on going to the fringe. I was like, oh, and it's going to be raining, and it's so much money, and oh, the venue, and blah blah blah. And she was like, why are you going? And I was like, huh? That's a really good point.
0: <laughs> so, what was your challenge? Where are so you I, not having children well, or having I, children?
2: I don't think I want kids, but I also know that I'm 27. So I know it's, you know, I, it's kind of weird. I kind of, I know you can change your mind. I'm aware of that. At the moment, I don't think I want kids because for the first like 15 years of my life, I was raised by like some grandparents who weren't like the nicest people in the world. And I kind of functioned as like, like an extension of them. Like I kind of was like, you know, I was kind of there to validate uh, their Existence. It was always, you know, tell us how much you love us, do this, go get... Th-. I was never asked how I was, what I liked to do, what my hobbies were, what I wanted to be when I grew up. I was just always like a shadow of them. And I'd only got out of that when I started doing therapy. So I've only actually started being a whole person at the beginning of my 20s. So I've only been a human for like five or six years. <laughs> Meaning that if I was to have a child now, and then I'd have to obviously focus on that child for the next at least 18 years, then I've just never really lived. And that's my main concern. And, you know, then there's the whole thing about, you know, I have a job and, you know, it would be difficult to travel, etc. But I would, ma- I, you could make it work. I'm 100% sure you could make it work. So for my challenge, I was seeing a guy a while ago. <laughs> And he really wanted kids, and we talked about it a lot. And he was one of those people who annoyingly say, oh, you'll change your mind. And it was kind of the subtext was always, I can't really go into a relationship with someone if we're not going to have kids. So we stopped seeing each other, but we're still, we're still in touch. And then <laughs> yesterday, we were texting, and he said that he was going to do a children's gig here in Edinburgh. And I was like, oh, no. That's the ultimate test seeing like a guy you slept with just be really good with kids (laughs) like if anything was to change my mind that would be it so I was like I'm on my way he said no I was like fuck it I'm still I'm still gonna go (laughs) and I went and I saw him just be really funny like he was so good like he entertained those kids and they loved him and the parents hated him which I loved (laughs) and I was like yeah no I don't want kids if I don't even want it with him, who's so good with kids and who's actually funny, I was like, yeah, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to happen. But it's good to know, you know, I might have a backup plan if I <laughs> change my mind. Still single?
0: Good, because... Uh, <laughs> so you went to see him with children, and it yeah. didn't sort of melt your ovaries? It, it, it did, but not enough. Not enough to actually... Yeah, there were some really cute kids,
2: like a little f- fat boy with glasses. I fucking loved him. <laughs> Oh, So there was like a magician on as well, which is, you know, awful. And <laughs> I don't want a magician shame, but that's exactly what I'm doing. And <laughs> magician shame.
0: <laughs> and they that's had... comedian privilege over magicians. But I just yeah.
2: say you you were in the power group though. I can I can say that my brother's a magician. So. <laughs> but they, the magician had like three kids on stage, and and two of them were like really like. Pretty, I know you can't say it about kids, but you know, like confident and loud and like, woo, I'm on stage. And then one of them was just this fat girl, and she was just like really shy. And I was like, that's mine. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> that's me. That's the one. I could. oh, I want that one.
0: Uh, but that's not that's not you how it You didn't works. actually take that one, though, did you? Just to be incredibly clear. Well, that was my challenge. Take a kid, <laughs> take a child from a public place and live with them for forty-eight <laughs> hours to see if you could do it, and then just drop them back in Bristol Square. So not having kids, not having kids, being a person of no childage. A friend of mine was talking to a woman she met at a party, and the woman said, oh, I don't go skiing anymore, it's too dangerous. And my friend said, yeah, me neither. And the woman said, "Um, yes, but I've got children, so if I die, it's a tragedy. (laughs) Firstly, that often feels like society's view. If you die, it's a tragedy. If I die, eh. (laughs) And that really annoys me, except I know that deep down I'm kind of guilty of it. Because recently I drove to the Latitude Festival and in the car was Sophie Hagen and two other friends. And there might've been a little incident on the motorway (laughs) where I paused on a hard shoulder for a second too long, and then was unable to get out to the hysteria of the passengers in my car. Now, at the point where I did actually go for it, and a truck blasted its horn, and everyone went, ah! we all saw our lives very slowly flashing before our eyes. Now, there were three people in the car who were child-free, including Sophie and me, and there was one person in the car, very, very close friend of mine, who has a little girl. And the rest of the way there, after someone else took over the driving, um, we had to pull over at a motorway service station so I could put him on our insurance. Has- <laughs> Hashtag feminism. <laughs> I'm just not used to motorways, all right? Stop judging me. It's not because I'm a woman, it's because I'm a shit driver. <laughs> and those things aren't the same, but sometimes they are. So we, so by this time he's driving, everyone's relaxed and confident. Uh, the, the tunes are on the radio. Everyone's just bantering, high-fiving, jokes, jokes, jokes. Do you fancy a sweetie? All of that, normal road trip stuff. And of course, I'm participating, but in my mind, all I'm doing is seeing the death of my friend with the child. And what I'm imagining is her husband shouting at my husband and saying, your wife has lost my daughter, a mother... And I'm just seeing that over and over in my head. And my husband going, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's just going on and all the time, I'm like, yeah, it's a great tune, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm seeing over and over and over. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't really think about the deaths of the other passengers at all. (laughs) Except to think, well, if Sophie had died, she'd have joined the 27 Club. (laughs) I would have made her the Kurt Cobain of comedy. have done her a favor in a very real way (laughs) she would go down as a fucking legend (laughs) and then I thought oh but how would her mum feel and that was the sadness how a mum felt about it not how Sophie might feel about her own life but how a mother played into it And I realised I could not stop at a motorway service station and put anyone on the insurance for my skewed view of the fucking world. Now, I feel like I should go out on a bigger punchline than that, but as I don't have one, we're all just going to have to sit in a minute's silence thinking about Sophie Hagen on the 27 Club. Thank you very much.
2: You you know me well enough to know that my dad wouldn't give a shit. (laughs) You've implied that in the past. So Um. Sophie, Sophie passed away. Sophie, Sophie, Sophie Hagen, (laughs) your daughter? No, the tall one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Tom Selinski, producer of the podcast. Um, is there any water? Uh, Just it's our first it. day. It's our first day, so we haven't yet. We, he was too busy setting up all the oh, I blankets. I oh, you texted, you texted him. Yeah. Oh, that, Were you texting during my stand-up? Yeah. You almost killed me. Oh, fair fair,
2: killed enough, fair me. enough, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> No, when she, and when she stopped On the hard shoulder One of our passengers Just got out of the car Like he was he panicking didn't,
0: He didn't get out of the car Because we he stopped him We pulled him back in But <laughs> that is If we die what happened. We all die together <laughs> Essentially that is What we said to him I no, genuinely said I sense, just didn't like, see How getting out into the car Into the, into the path of coming lorries Was going to up like his you chances like you were more dangerous
2: than, I was sending texts to, like, everyone I really cared about, just
0: going, hey, just, you know, I love you. (laughs) No reason, but I I love you. (laughs) Sophie actually said, when I said about, you know, I just keep thinking about the morbid fantasies about having killed you all, and Sophie said, oh, I texted my mum and and warned her it might happen. (laughs) That would have been a good She likes to know those things. (laughs) I, uh, my challenge, I decided, because I had four years of fertility treatment, I did want children enough to... Yeah, it didn't work out for me. Um, two things. I've got a thin womb lining. Only part of me that's ever been accused of being thin. When the doctor told me, I was actually... I was insulted. I was like, unfortunately, you're too thin for babies. Fuck you. Um, so I have thin womb lining, and my eggs were just rubbish. So I did various things. I had IUI, and then I met my biological family. I'm adopted, and so I found my biological family a couple of years ago, sort of by accident. And my sister in New Zealand, Mel, who was my brand-new sister... She said to me, one of the first things, she, you know, we, we were sort of sitting around, one, like it was literally the first night, and I was sitting around with my sister sort of having a bottle of wine in my bedroom in my birth mother's house, and she said, do you want children? We've all got children. Do you want children? And I said, well, look, actually, when I go back, I'm going to start trying, because... I have to borrow an egg, and I've got a Russian egg. Um, it's hard to get eggs in the UK for various legal reasons, but Russian eggs were easier. So I said, I've got a Russian egg. She said, oh, don't use a Russian egg. You don't know where it's from. And uh, I said, I, I do, I do. The key thing I know about it is it's from Russia. And she, and she said, well, it might be a smaller egg inside that one and a smaller egg inside that one. You could be Octomum. And I thought, good point. She said, I'll give you an egg. I'll give you an egg and then the baby will be related to you. And I went, oh, Mel, that's a really big offer, but I've literally just met you and emotions are running quite high. And no, I'm going to give you an egg. And I said, well, we'll talk about it when I get back to London. No, I'm going to call the fertility clinic tomorrow. I'm giving you an egg. The next day we were at brunch and uh, Devon was, uh, my birth mother was ordering for us. And we're all sitting there having a lovely chat. And Devon came back and sat down and she turned, Mel turned to my birth mother who I've just met and says, Mom, I'm giving Deborah one of my eggs and Devon said, do you not want the full breakfast? <laughs> and she said, no. Benedict. Oh, one of my eggs benedict one of my eggs from from my body so she can have a baby and uh she, she came over i thought oh god devon's gonna think i've turned up for an egg and a, and a kidney and a payday loan um but she did come over and we went through this amazing therapy together and it didn't work but i honestly felt like we'd sort of taken on biology together and and lost but in another way we'd won because it really made us sisters and uh this year devon brought over mel's daughter jade who's 15 years of age and Jade's big dream was to go to Paris. So I said to Devon, my birth mother, I went, um, so when you're over here, are you taking it to Paris? And she said, no. And I said, do you mind if I do? And she said, we all hoped she'd say that. <laughs> so I got to take Jade to Paris, and it was the most extraordinary thing because... And this is where I think as someone who... I haven't had children, and I've come out the other side of that. I was never super emotional about it, to be honest. I thought I wanted to have uh, one child, or maybe twins on IVF, and then that would be it. But it didn't work out, and I then sort of went, do you know what, I've got so much going on in my life, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life sitting around thinking about what I haven't got. What I have got is incredible. And I decided to make myself more of a third parent in other people's lives. Not without their permission. <laughs> but one of the things I was able to do was take Jay to Paris, show her Paris. This was like a dream come true for her. Take her up the Eiffel Tower to have dinner. And we really, really bonded. And at the end, I gave her a card... Uh, She'd had all these amazing experiences and I just said, Jade, you you know how small the world is now. You're only ever a day away from home and the world is yours, but you've got to know your worth. Just know your worth and I said to her, never ever fall in love with anyone who doesn't know it and never fall in love with someone who won't go on adventures with you. And then Mel contacted me and said, I read that card and I cried. And I said, just someone other than your mum and dad sometimes needs to say, you are worth it. You are wonderful. And so I just feel like that's something I can do because I don't have children. I don't have to spend all my time and money on them. I'm not sort of frazzled around children. You know what I mean? Not that all mothers are frazzled. I don't mean that all parents are frazzled. But you've got children all the time. You know? <laughs> they are like tiny co That's
2: the moment I realised I didn't want kids was when my friend had a child and I went to visit her. And I realised that it was just always there <laughs> I think in my head when I imagine parenthood I just imagined like in montages like that one time when you do the diaper then that one time when you're playing with them in
0: the but it's all the time yes if that is the only thing about it and it never stops like you put them to bed and then they get up and you give them the iPad and then then they drop it you know it's just awful <laughs>
2: Like, it's like, I want to see it never... like a tiny
0: baby just go hold the iPad hold the iPad you give a newborn baby an iPad and the and baby's like appreciate. I can't even hold my head yeah. it's just it is is relentless in its nature and that also is what gives you that special bond and you know I also know I'll never be a mother and I'll never have that special bond and sometimes that makes me sad uh, it only really makes me sad when people put pictures of them really adorable babies on Facebook.
2: Oh, I'll send... I have a friend who puts photos and it's really ugly. And I can send you those. For I would never... F- mo- look I would, shame a baby. 99.9% of the babies I've seen are beautiful, but this one. Are you... Which makes it adorable. It's like ugly dogs. It's still cute, but it's like...
0: Are you assuming that that person doesn't listen to this podcast? Yeah. Or... But that person doesn't know. Do you know now what... All my friends would be like, huh... That person, whoever that person is, they'll think, that's not my baby because my baby's adorable. Exactly, yeah. Safe, safe. It's true. Everyone <laughs> thinks their baby is adorable. <laughs> Should we
2: get our guests oh, on? Oh, please, yes. I love her so much. I
0: love her. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this woman is comedy, is Scotland, is wonderful. Please put your hands together for Susan Cowman. <laughs>
3: I have very much enjoyed the social commentary so far the social commentary has been top I enjoyed other. the translation of you telling a joke and then Sophie just going no oh. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of type, type relationship of we have <laughs>
0: you, you need a double partner who's going to go I didn't get it yeah uh, I like on behalf the you... of the people who didn't get it <laughs> I felt they laughed <laughs> politely, yeah. politely but home, if they didn't get it there'll be Danish people at home going ah. yeah, yeah it's true because in Denmark they all stupid what no <laughs> in, Denmark, in Denmark I think fathers and mothers have more
3: 50-50 don't they or is that Sweden that's yep. always, Sweden. Yeah. Have always have more 50, Sweden have more 50-50 what You just need to explain to me as well. I like the fact you're sandwiched between two people who have no idea what you're
0: talking about. Baby time. I actually actually looked up a study on this about whether or not having children ups your happiness in general. And these things are only trends, but you know they do these studies on what makes you happy. And things like gardening and singing in a choir do genuinely gin gin makes me happy <laughs> gin why don't you sing in a choir having had a bottle of gin
3: and see if that it's it's like I could just sit at home and have a bottle of gin though can't <laughs> I? To, be fair, to be fair I'm very low maintenance I'd rather not leave my house at any point in my life It's no I, I totally see
0: that but uh, the, what the study said is yes parenthood does affect your overall happiness and can up it mm. but mostly if you're a man And that's what it says. But I would like to suggest, is that mostly if you're a primary carer, it doesn't up your overall well-being. Cheesy peeps. Um,
3: (laughs) So, I'm not even drunk for this. Uh, It's a lot. Can I just uh, explain Mm -hmm. my perspective on this whole children thing? So, speaking as a lesbian... um, Hashtag diversity. Hashtag lesbian. Hashtag... (laughs) Hashtag Claire Balding. Um, <laughs> I didn't know you'd had a hashtag with Claire Balding. <laughs> yeah. She's very nice, as is her wife. So... <laughs> I've always felt, as a lesbian, slightly more pressure to have children, because I have a wife. <laughs> and people expect if there's two women in a relationship, you'll have more children. Like, you know the alien queen in Aliens? <laughs> that's just popping them out left and right. They expect that we'll have one after that. We'll take turns in having kids and we'll just be having loads... Because we're two women, so surely we must want to have more children than is humanly possible. Oh. I don't know if I can have kids or not. I'm, I have no idea. All I know is I have never had a maternal bone in my body. I have never... And I, I think, so want to do a bone-in-your-body joke yes. now. And I feel... I've only had one of them in once, didn't like it, and <laughs> I did it just to check.
0: We were all fine. No, it's good to be good to be Well sure. you know
3: when you're young and you know you're gay and then you think I better just check in case I'm just doing it for attention and then you do it and you think no. You just Do this you suddenly doubt and think I'm doing it to annoy is, my parents? Well, you, yes, you don't... There is a point where you think, no, I really am very gay. And then you think, well, maybe I am just doing this because it's, you know, something that you do to get attention. And then you do it and you think, this is disgusting. <laughs> so, never, ever, 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 ever wanted children. I am terrified of children, right? I do a lot of children's BBC, which I have no idea why. <laughs> I do a lot of children's BBC, and children are like cats. They can tell when someone doesn't like them. (laughs) I've got a a small niece and a a nephew. My niece is five. She lives in the East End of London. She sounds like Dick Van Dyke on helium. Auntie Susan, Auntie Susan, can we sing Frozen again? (laughs) when she comes up to Glasgow it's an embarrassment I'll be honest alright Gavna alright Gavna yeah. <laughs> speak properly young lady and my sister emailed the other day saying um, Grace is going to school and there's three days where my sister can't look after her there's no one to say could I come to London to look after my niece now I love my niece truly love my niece I do She sounds fantastic. like it yes
4: no.
3: <laughs> I suspect I'll love my niece more when she's 16 I think of myself as the aunt that's there when she is older (laughs) I thought you were going to say when she comes out well listen if she does I'll, I'll march in a parade with her there's no problem at all but my wife is much better with children. I'm not good with them I sit in front of them and go what would you like to do? And they're like, oh, let's play a game, let's play a game, let's play imaginary post offices. And it's like... Mother. I don't know how to do that. I don't, can we not just sit here quietly watching Judge Judy? Is that not...
0: Imaginary post offices, when are these children? In 1955? I don't
3: know a child that knows what a post office is now. People constantly ask, when I got together with my wife, they said, because everyone's all bloody PC these days and ask lesbians if they want children. Do you want to, and I was like, please don't ask us. Let's go back to the old days where gay people weren't meant to have children. It was just much easier. (laughs) And most of my friends don't have children. It's
0: funny Well, the ones who have children, I find, move away from the cool areas. I don't know whether they then just change their address or die. It's not clear. (laughs) But they're not there anymore, are they? When your friends have children.
2: My best friend was due like two days ago, and I haven't had a call, so I hope it hasn't happened (laughs) yet. Uh, But yeah, it was. I mean, I was. I love her a lot, but when she told me, I was like, "Oh, so we have another what nine months of friendship left?" I don't know. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I'm. I'm, You know, I'm. Gosh, you turn easily, don't you, as an audience? No, I just—it makes sense. Like we all, you know, she lives in Denmark. It always—we already don't speak that often because you know she has just been doing a PhD and stuff. And yeah, yeah, that's a baby.
0: Yeah, then a baby. It's not against the law for you to contact her though after she's had a baby. It's just you know she'll be busier. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not saying like. Well, goodbye. <laughs> Sometimes <I'm laughs> I look like you are going to go send her a letter saying, it's been lovely <laughs> it's been knowing been nice you, but knowing frankly, you. I don't want to know your baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there is a thing, I think we do psychologically cut off people with children because we think, oh, they won't want to come to the party because they'll have to get a babysitter. And I think it's really important. I think
3: less about them and more about me. <laughs> do you? Yes, I'm less concerned about whether or not they can get a babysitter. I'm more concerned, genuinely, I'm 41. I've only got so many years left on this planet. I want to talk about Doctor Who and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, you know, things like that. And um, it sounds very harsh, but, I mean, this podcast is about being honest about things, isn't it? It is now. Okay. Look, I know if you've got kids, that's great for you. It really is great. I am so fucking pleased that you have children. (laughs) But don't call Susan Calman. Do you want to ask a question about me? You sit there. I went out with a friend... (sighs) Do you know what I mean? I went out with her and I was made. So she's lovely and she's got twins and two other kids, her decision. And we went out for lunch with her because she needed someone to hold the twins while she went to the truck and all that kind of stuff. And I was left with this tiny, premature child thing. And then she came back and she was like, oh, the twins are feeding very well, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, my God, this is the most boring conversation. (laughs) No, I I, I have another
2: friend who has kids and. You know Snapchat, right? You can put photos up of your children on your timeline, and then you can hide those photos if you don't want to see them. But my okay. friend sends them to me. So I get like five a day of her kid. <laughs> and I, I was in the same city as her once, and we were about to meet, and we were like five minutes away from the cafe, and then she just texted me, oh yeah, I just picked up whatever the kid's name is. And she knew, she knew, she said the name. <laughs> and... And I had to just go, and I could see the cafe, and I just had to turn around and go around the corner and go, ah, oh, shit, I just forgot. Cause I,
3: because I going to sit with just children, we're not going to be able to talk about... But the thing is, Jay, I've got... I'm going to be very honest with you. Uh, amazing nipples. What? Like, I wouldn't send amazing people nipples. pictures of my nipples. Like, five... I wouldn't send you, Sophie Hagen, five pictures of my nipples every day. I mean... You know, we're all proud of things, but, you know... <laughs> I'm so going to send Sophie a picture of my nipples.
0: Please please do. Could you copy me in? (laughs) Yes, absolutely.
3: Um, Do you ever feel judged for not having children? Yes. In what way? I think sometimes, well, A, there's an expectation because I'm, uh, as you've all realised, a very jolly person. (laughs) And uh, I'm slightly larger and they think, oh, do you know, there's this when you look at someone and I've got a nice smiley face and they think, oh, you'll have kids, that'll be great, you'll have kids. And it's just an expectation that... You know, you'll just have kids. And my wife and I did talk about whether or not to have kids, but only because we felt the pressure. And to be honest, the pressure, I think, as a woman, is the expectation. You know, you get to your mid-twenties and people say, when are you going to start having kids? And actually, when you just say to someone, I just don't want to, they go, oh, you must be harsh. You must be, mm. you know, you're not a loving But per- I am a very loving person. <laughs> my niece and nephew, I'm there for them. Whatever they want when they're 16, I am absolutely there. <laughs> you know, but I just personally don't feel comfortable at children's parties. and I just Oh, I'm, children's I'm, parties
0: are awful I'm if you don't ones... have a child. Yeah. And I, I'm really good with children. I used to be a nanny. And oh. I, I know in my gap years I was a nanny. And I love my nanny children so much. I love them as if they're my own children. And I'm aware that that's not true. But I feel like it is. But I'm aware that people with children love those children more. But I would go under a bus for them. And mm. you know, uh, I mean, not. I wouldn't want to. Um,
2: oh, if if oh, okay. I thought. If I thought I, like I thought like to entertain them. I was like, I don't think.
3: <laughs> I just didn't understand why you would like, want to. It's know. like it's like you... listening to a conversation on time delay. It's beautiful. <laughs> Sophie just I'm suddenly, sorry, it I just was, oh, hang on, minutes. oh, wait, right. no, I got that.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. no, if one of them was in front of a bus, I'd push them out of the way and die myself. Oh, then say that. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, Justin. I in. just thought it was like a... No, no, it not dressed not up in a clown suit. No, 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 no. Um, but they're all now, because I was on my gap year, so I was terribly young when I nannied. I was almost a child myself. Please take that into account when I explain the children are now grown up. So they all went to uni not that long after me and uh, are now grown-ups with jobs and one of them one of his jobs is he works on Global Pillage which is my comedy panel show uh, that demonstrates that people other than white straight men can do comedy in panel shows I do
3: not agree (laughs) that's why I haven't booked you for it Susan um I, there's nothing I like more than listening to white street men talking about how difficult it is to be a white street man. I know. It is they, they, so there's so enjoyable. many permutations of the difficulties they all have in the world. I know. I know. Having privilege and never having a problem. I know.
0: It's, it's, it's tough. So, Ned now works on Global Pillage. He writes the questions. And I think from that, I've, I was a great nanny and I just, you know, but I've sort of had that through my nanny kids and I'm now sort of slightly reinventing that through Godchildren and nieces and nephews. And I just think in a very real way, I'm going to be less valuable to other people's children if I have my own because I've got more time. And I think how many parents in the room would like it if somebody else who was a, someone with something to give would sort of third parent their child in a way and sort of just take them out to do something or invest in them in a, in a way? Just say mm, if you would like that. Oh, not many. No. Most of them are like,
3: fuck off. No.
0: My children, you, you, I'll take I mean, my you're child talk, to the VLA, thanks you talking about jumping on the buses and stuff. I think they're afraid yeah. you're going like, to... Not me doing <laughs> it. Someone you know, someone in your life, like an aunt or a best mate or something. No, they no. don't want it.
3: I think that... The thing is, the only other thing that I think is important is admitting why it is that you don't want to have... to For me, mm. I have a pretty terrible depression and have for for many years. And... I think there is a genetic component to depression, without question. And I really don't want to have a child in case that child has any of those traits. I've got lovely traits, but I also have some pretty awful ones. I'd prefer to be there for Grace, my niece, and say to her, if I recognise any of my traits in her, to help her out, than passing it on to my child. So it's actually kind of... Some of it was a, a genuine decision to say... I'd rather kind of not have that responsibility because if the kid was half as miserable as I was, it would be terrible. So I've actually done a good thing by not bringing more misery into the world, quite frankly.
0: But if you are depressed to do have a child, that's also a great choice.
3: Oh, of course it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ, do you have to say that after everything. Yes.
0: <laughs> Hashtag inclusion. Yes, yeah, yeah. so we'll get tweets, Susan. We'll get tweets. Yes.
3: If you are depressed and have children, you are valid, etc., etc. I'm simply saying that from my point of view, as a depressed person, I'm a feminist, but I'm also depressed. I don't think it's fair to have children. I am in no way passing judgment upon you as a depressed person if you've chosen to have children. If you're a lesbian who's had children, well done to you as well, quite frankly. <laughs> If you're transgender and you've had children. If you're a gay man and you've had children. If you're a combination of all different sexes in the world or no sex at all. Congratulations to all of you for having children or not having children in any way that you want to do. Well done all of us for just being fucking alive. I,
0: we're going to play that. We're going to play that at the end of every single podcast we ever do from now on, just so we've umbrella covered. Susan Cummins' giant feminist umbrella that says,
3: we hear you, we see you. And if you're dead and listening to this, I (laughs) apologise for not including you in that. If you're dead, well done as well. If you're listening from beyond the grave, I'm sorry for not including you before. I apologise for my lack of inclusion. Hashtag, tell someone else. (laughs)
0: Tiring, isn't it? Oh, it's fucking exhausting. I mean, it's so tiring. Oh, it's exhausting. Do do we have any questions for the audience?
3: Anybody dare ask a question? Yes. And if you're a tired person, I apologise for casting any aspersions on you being tired. Go on.
2: Hello. Hello. I am fortunate enough to be surrounded by people that I think are very progressive, um, especially considering this particular issue. Despite this there is only one other person that I know of that does not want children including me and we still kind of have to suffer a sort of semi-stigma around people being like yeah 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 but you've got parents and like you'll be great at that and like you know I mean like <coughs> when you turn 30 etc etc mm. so I'm wondering
3: considering the environmental cost of children and the fact that most of my generation won't be you- children mm. and so there's going to be like a decline
2: in the number of people having children anyway how is that going to change the stigma around it how do we
0: change that well seven percent of women in the western world are now choosing not to have children that's quite a lot seven out of every hundred and 40 percent of pregnancies are unplanned i don't know these statistics normally i looked them up this morning um <laughs> So do you think if it goes up from 7 to 15%, will it be you know, just do you less know stigma? What it is?
3: Do you know what I think it is? It's about any form of stigma. I grew up in Glasgow, where Section 28 and Clause 28 was about, and there was a lot of stigma about being gay, and it's getting better simply because people go, I'm gay and I don't care about it, I don't care what you think about me, here you go. So what I would suggest is you just have a sign or a badge saying, I don't want children, just wear it. Constantly. But the more of us that say we don't want children, there's nothing wrong with us, we're not bad people, we simply do not want children, then it'll get better. But there's always going to be people who see women in particular as people who shoot as part mm. of our role. But, you know, just... If there's a stigma attached to you, just go, well, OK, there's a stigma attached to me. I'm going to own this stigma. That's what I like to do. I like to just own it and say, you think I'm some form of, you know, big butch dyke? Well, fuck it. LAUGHTER you know, this is important. This is important. This is the one thing that, that, that guys do, I think, slightly better, especially comedians. They have a go-fuck-yourself attitude. And I think... I, I'm trying to get this this year. Sophie and I were talking about this, of just... Uh, I've sold out my run at the Pleasants, I'm doing bloody brilliantly, and I'm still sitting going, well, I hope I'm doing okay. When I should be walking through the Pleasants courtyard, balls out going, yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs>
0: Edson said, during the Tory leadership...
3: Oh, she was a lovely
0: one. She said... (laughs) She, she said and I think she was asked this question by a journalist so I'm framing this but it was something like do you feel you're in a better position because mm. you've got children and she said well yes I do think I'm in a better position to lead the Tory party rather than Theresa May because I've got children so I'm more interested in the future then she said but I don't want to say too much about it because I think Theresa May wanted children couldn't mm. have them so there was sort of real you know as a childless woman it's a punch in both sides of the face that. But it was the same
3: that Labour leadership the guy that's running Owen who you know, it, was yeah. criticised because he said about Angela Eagle I've Got a normal family, or it was something it was something like that. Which was an uh, I I absolutely believe is probably an unintentional but a generic kind of this is how we feel about I've got kids, therefore I have a a normal, conventional family, she's a lesbian, she clearly isn't. it's not a deliberate prejudice necessarily, but it's just something that people have ingrained in in them.
0: But I do know when I thought about what Andrew Edison said, I thought all my friends who were the most active and concerned about what's happening in society. Honestly, they're the ones without kids who've got the time and energy to invest. Mm-hmm. The ones with kids, I'm sure they care about the future, don't get me wrong, but they are also going, can you please put your shoes on? Yeah. And spending their time cleaning up vomit. Yes. And it's like to ask them to give a fuck about the future, yeah. like where the environment will be in 100 years' time, is a, is a bit much. Also, do you want to just...
2: Imagine when you have kids, you're gonna have to, you have to hang out with other parents...
0: Yeah, I know a lot of my, oh my friends who've kids complain about that. They just go, you just get stuck. It's like being at school again. You kind of just get stuck with whoever you're sitting next to. And there's a man in the front row going, oh, God, yes, it's really awful. <laughs> do you, have you had that happen, sir? Oh, yeah. Do, do you have to hang out with parents and do you hate them? Uh, I hate
2: them. Hate them. Right?
0: I worked, I worked in a kindergarten
2: and I met some proper, sorry, cunts... Like there was one, no, but there was like they were just really awful. It's not really a fun note to end the thing with. It was just this. Oh, there's this little kid who was so sweet. He would wait till he couldn't hold his pee in any longer to take his a whole, you know, little bodysuit. What do you what do you call them? The onesie baby grown. Do you call it that? And I, I can relate to that. You know when you go, no, I'll just hold it until I get home, and then halfway you're like, oh shit. But you're a child, you can't get the big snowsuit y thing off. And then he kept pissing his pants, and it was such, a, oh, it felt so bad for him. And I was always like, like changing him again. And then his mom would come and just be like, oh, what, are you a child? Is that it? Are you just like a little baby? Or a little baby? And I was like, oh, geez. And she was like, oh, we're going to have to just do the laundry all the time. And I was like, oh, I felt so bad. Just imagine having to know that that happens. Mm. I you should adopt kids.
0: a child like that, Sophie.
2: But then I'd have to adopt all yeah. of them. There were so many. Kids. That's, yes, you would. is the reason I was fired. Was because I spent too much time with specific children. Because I was like, these five kids are being neglected by everyone. So I need oh. to like. So I would like, <laughs> I would like play the music from my iPad and like, And then like the kids who were doing well, who dad, they fuck them. And then, <laughs> then there's really sweet kids. But I would buy them presents and stuff, and that wasn't, it wasn't professional. <laughs> he just
0: wanted he wanted a little red truck. It's I mother predict had- you're oh. going to become a Brangelina I think you were going Mary to marry a hot guy oh. you, that- <laughs> or, or a hot woman and you two are going to be yes. some kind of celeb... Jennifer-lina? Jennifer-lina. Jennifer-lina. And you yeah. are going to start adopting children who I would have otherwise Yeah, but I'd have
2: to choose them myself. I'd go that one, because his dad's a cunt. And that one... <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think don't that's don't how normally adoption get works. You to take
0: children from parents.
2: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> those are one. the ones I want. <laughs>
0: gentlemen. Give it up for the wonderful Susan Kelman!
3: Susan? Yes? Do you have anything to plug? Uh, I have written a book called Cheer Up, Love, about the fact I have depression. It's very funny, but also quite serious at the same time. You can read it if you like funny or serious. Or if you don't like anything at all, I include you all in my (laughs) retinue. listen whatever you want to do just you do it that's all i'm gonna say is just you have a good fucking life that's all i care about
0: deborah do you have anything you want to plug uh yes uh global pillage which is on uh 25th 26th 27th 28th here at the fringe but also you can listen to it at globalpillage.net it is a panel show that has people who aren't white straight men in it Sophie, what would you like to plug? Uh, I have
2: uh, my own podcast called Made of Human, which will be launching very soon. And uh, well, it was just me talking to people I find really interesting about stuff I find interesting about them. And uh, you, if you like the Guilty Feminist podcast, find us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a little nice comment if you want. And uh, find us on Twitter at Guilty or Part of Facebook. We have a Facebook group called the Guilty Feminist podcast. And we're on Instagram <laughs> at the Guilty Feminist. Are we on any other social media platforms? Find us.
0: You, you can find us. We're plenty of, yeah, plenty of places. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen. the Deborah Francis White, and our special guest, Susan Kalman. The recording engineer was Gary Boyle. Music was by Mark Hodge. Producer was Tom Salinski for The Spontaneut Shop. Thanks to everyone at The Billy Balloon, Anne Butler, and everyone at SoTV. Thanks to all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. when you say it cunt it's
3: really that's I've had a, a cunt of a day it's quite a posh Scottish cunt isn't it well I'm doing I'm doing kind of my Miss Jean Brodie I've had a cunt of a day
0: <laughs> I, if I say it in my original Australian accent yeah I've had a can of a day <laughs> that's not attractive is it if you're Australian
3: don't say it mm-hmm. so if you are Australian uh, and you want to say it of course you are within your rights <laughs> To see it, we at the guilty feminists would never tell you what to say and what not to say. Is that right?
0: <laughs> we include all accents, yes.
3: <laughs> equally A-p- for usage of the word cunt. Sorry, Sophie,
0: you were saying you met some cunts at a kindergarten, at a kindergarten.
2: Hi, this is Sophie with a little message. I am touring my new show all over the UK and Denmark, starting in October 2016. You can find details and tickets on sophiehagen.com, but a little quick note, if you suffer from anxiety and therefore have some special needs, say if you need to go into the venue before the audience or if you prefer a specific seat or if you need to stand or anything like that, Email me at anxietytour2016 at gmail.com that's anxietytour2016 at gmail.com and we'll figure something out. I'm working on making all of the venues anxiety safe. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to sort something out if you need uh, that to happen. I'm also working on making all of the toilets gender neutral. Uh, For all of the information about that, go to sophieheng.com, where you can also find the dates and the cities and the tickets for all of the shows. Hope to see you there.
1: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.